Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Take a Man podcast from Odyssey Sports. Logan Paulson there. Craig Hoffman here. We are back at MGM this weekend for the Take Command pregame show. One o'clock start. So this is this is a fun show for us, Logan. We get to watch all of the games <laughs> that, down there at Tap Sports Bar, MGM National Harbor, uh, in that one o'clock window. And then Rams and Commanders kick it off at 4.05. So... Next big fact or fiction for us. And this is an interesting theory that you were thinking about uh, this over the weekend. And, and I'm excited to talk about this. But the, the, the fact or fiction statement is essentially having a great quarterback hurts offensive coordinator development. Fact or fiction. And you can be <laughs> as direct or indirect with your answer as you want. Because you're you and there's no way you're just going to be like, fact, that's it. That's the second. No, I think uh, it's. You know, I was thinking about it and, you know, you're like, oh, that can't be a fact. But then you start thinking about it and it appears to be a fact. Like when you look at, I was thinking about my time in Chicago and they were just coming off the um, the OC from uh, Denver, from, from Denver with, yeah. with Gase and like that they really struggled, you know. And then you look at um, everybody that was from the Tom Brady tree. And I think there's other issues there that make it hard for those guys to be successful. But like Weiss, McDaniels, all these guys, they've really, really struggled to kind of translate that offense to other spots. I think Bill O'Brien has been the most successful one. But, but he, he also, also had, had like prime Deshaun Watson. Yes, right. And so I think there's there's stuff there. And so I, what I would say is that it, it appears that that starting, that elite quarterback makes it really, really challenging to develop what I would call like problem-solving skills, if that makes sense. Like when you're yeah. Kyle Shanahan in 2010 to 13, like you don't have a quarterback and you're struggling and you've got a guy in Robert Griffin who's very talented, but he's got some limitations. So you build an offense that, that speaks to his strengths, uh, covers up his weaknesses, and you get a very productive season in 2012, right? And I think when you look at him now in San Francisco with Brock Purdy, you see him elevating a guy who obviously people did not have a very high evaluation on, but he's speaking to his strengths covering up his weaknesses. They have tremendous playmakers around him and he knows how to maximize those groups. Like he understands that Debo Samuel is not, you know, Torrey Holt or one of these tremendous route running guys. He's great after the catch. Let's get him the ball in space and let him go to work. 
Brandon Ayuk is is fitting a role for them. George Kittle, again, not this super technical route runner, but he's big and he's fast and he's excellent run blocker. Let's use those skill sets to create separation for him. And so I think when you see these guys who are solving puzzles each week, um, McDaniel's is another. Uh, uh, Mike McDaniel's is a great example of this too. Like everyone thought Tua was washed, and all of a sudden he gets there, understands the offensive line's not very good, understands what Tua's good at, and builds the offense that you know uh, of this West Coast Kyle Shanahan tree. Might maybe Mike Shanahan is the origin of it, the genesis of it, and makes it fit Miami. And it looks very different, but the the undertones are the same. Same thing with Sean. When he went to Saint, uh, when he went to L.A., right, and McD- and Lafleur when he went to Green Bay, they've all kind of shifted and molded and built something in less than ideal situations. And I think that problem solving ability of not having the elite tools, especially in the beginning of your career, makes a more makes a more productive like a more productive football mind. I don't know if that's the right terminology there. Well, I just think, I think problem solving is, is the ultimate skill, like one of the two to three ultimate skills a coach can have, right? Like, right. obviously we've talked a lot about teaching, right? Can you take the, the concepts and the techniques that you want your players to execute and actually get those things across in a way that they do that consistently, right? Not just be able to explain them theoretically, but explain them in a way that they make so much sense that the players do them correctly on a regular basis. So that is, that is, I, to me, the number one skill, right? Can you teach execution basically, but what are you actually executing? And it's not the ability to draw stuff up on paper that works with X's and O's. It's the ability to work with your X's and O's. How do you maximize certain things, minimize other things? And it's, it's like the, the difference shout out to my guy, Chris Gores, uh, who's my, my other podcast co-host, uh, (laughs) on the train with the best podcast, but he talks about like how intelligence and knowledge are, are two very different things. Um, or maybe it's intelligence and wisdom. If he was here, he could get it right because he's smarter than me. He's Ivy League. Um, but like one is about knowing stuff, right? You have the right answers somewhere in your head, but the other one is about asking the right questions in the first place. And right. that is the key. Can you actually ask the right questions as opposed to just regurgitate information? And I think that ability is like the 100% biggest thing that that is the difference in some of these coaches where it's like when you have Tom Brady, you just need to have some some answers, right? You just need to have yeah. some information and Tom Brady will do the problem solving for Correct. you. Correct, yes. Whereas like if you have young Kirk Cousins, young Robert Griffin, young Jared Goff, um, older Kirk Cousins, you know, for Kevin yeah. in Minnesota, like he took what Kirk was, which is really good at certain stuff and detrimentally bad in other areas and was like, I know how to get the best out of this guy. And he had the best season of his career and was on pace to have another great statistical year with some wins this year until obviously he tears the Achilles. Um, But, and you know, even taking very good talent and elevating it to great. We talk often uh, because it was right before you got there about Kyle and Matt Ryan, right? Can, Can you take Matt Ryan who was excellent and turn him into the MVP that leads you to a Super Bowl that you should have won. Uh, then that's that's the question. And I think that when you have Mahomes who solves so many problems for you, and you go to Sam Howell, if you're Eric Bieniemy, you haven't had to, whether it's there or not, you haven't had to flex, work out, exercise that muscle in a while, because Mahomes does all the problem solving for you, that it can take a while to adjust from calling plays, uh, or to calling plays 
for Patrick Mahomes to Sam Howell? Because you don't know even know what questions you're supposed to be answering. Hey, it's Greg Hoffman from Take Command. It's not just a podcast. It's the 25th hour of your day. Your weekly source for all things commanders, right on time, your time. A list of household chores. Do them without missing a beat and listen while you work. In the car, turn mundane drives into memorable moments. With podcasts, you can maximize productivity and minimize FOMO. We're on demand, so we fit perfectly into your schedule. Follow Take Command in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, and I think like when you look at the Kansas City offense, especially when, like this early this offseason, I thought there were times, and there's times where we're talking about some of the plays that we've seen. It's like, oh, like this post is wide open. I was, I forget who it was. It was against uh, the Giants. No, it was against the Cowboys. And you're like, oh my gosh, like this CO concept, like that that angle, that deep kind of crossing post yeah. is wide open for a touchdown. And it's not just problem solving physically. It's problem solving the, like understanding the offense. Like Patrick Mahomes has been in that offense for a long time. And if he's in this offense, I'm pretty confident, like 90% confident that's a touchdown for the commanders if Patrick Mahomes is here, right? And so yeah, if you get he, Patrick Mahomes, how much would Patrick Mahomes want the commanders receivers, by the way? Yeah, he'd be pretty stoked about it right now. Talk about that another time, but good <laughs> God, their receivers are. Anyway, yeah, you but, were saying. But I think, I think that that's, that's part of it. And then you talk about, you know, where, where like just executing the offense and working that progression, understanding where the ball's got to go. You mentioned Tom Brady and Tom Brady was able to consistently elevate bad receivers. And I think you look at Bill Belichick now and like the way he's built that team, he's like still building it. Like Tom Brady's there. He's basically saying like Tom Brady will bail us out of this bad receiver group. It's like, well, he's not here anymore. He's not going to work through the progression. He's not going to find the best matchups. He's not going to be able to sit back there in the shotgun, elevate protection looks, and and distribute the football football accurately to a receiver who doesn't create great great separation. And I think that's kind of what you're talking about. And I think we've seen elements of that from EB this year. But I think like he's learning that skill where like Kyle, Sean, like that whole tree. They that offense. It's funny because that offense, like the the foundational seed of that offense is built around problem solving because they had to in its genesis right. here in Washington. Right. No, that's such a great point. I mean, all those guys were involved in building that 2012 offense that you were a part of that was like, how do we take this incredibly limited but super talented guy and, and Robert Griffin and use his legs, um, which were also like his running was a unique skill set. He wasn't right. shifty. Like he was just right. fast. Like Robert is a sprinter. Sprinters don't change directions. Football players need to change directions. And so it's like, how do we get him in space where he can run in a straight line? Uh, and how do we use his very strong arm with limited, because he just didn't do it at Baylor. It's not like Robert's a dummy. Um, you know, to, to be very clear, like is you, he hadn't uh, had to read defenses in the NFL. Right. Um, and they also like, you know, the pistol stuff they did to uh, eliminate some of the issues that we've talked about when you run from the shotgun. Like there were so many smart ways that they were like, well, this is a problem. How do we solve it? Okay, now that we got that part, what about this plug that we need to, to go in over here? And when you look at the, anybody who's worked at Mahomes and then left, like Nagy, it didn't didn't go very well uh, when he went to Chicago, and now he's back in Kansas City. Um, EB has had a, a severe adjustment period here um, versus like Doug Peterson, who left after working with Alex Smith for Philadelphia um, and had to flex that problem-solving muscle in a major way when Carson Wentz got hurt, and he won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles. And now, obviously, right. he's working with a great quarterback uh, in Jacksonville, but he's having to solve some problems as they're having all kinds of issues down there, but generally speaking, like Doug Peterson 
good job. He's had to flex that muscle in a different way than the guys who worked with under uh, Andy Reid with with Mahomes. Same with Manning. There's a long list of because Manning also was like part offensive coordinator, right. so he really didn't have to flex that muscle as much. It was much more collaboration, which I do think is the is the final point I want to make real quick. There is a skill set to working with a great player. And that, it's just, I think it's a different skill set. Like, it's not like Josh McDaniels is a terrible football mind. He's the right muse for Tom Brady, yeah. right? They think about the game in similar ways. And, and going back to our, our discussion in the first segment, like, they think about the game in similar ways. They speak the same language. Yeah. They find ways to work together. But it's a very different skill set than what is required when you don't have Tom Brady. And I think that's something to think about to, to spin this back to the commanders uh, on top of, obviously, what we're talking about with EB. But... I want the next head coach here to be someone that has had to do that some. It's why I like Ben Johnson so much. And obviously, look, the Lions yesterday, not very great offensively. It'd help if they didn't fumble the football and go one for five. Or, you know, two, two I think two picks, a fumble, and um, they went one for five on fourth down again. Uh, so that's that's going to hurt your uh, offensive hurt output. Yep. But he has turned Jared Goff into a guy that was – near the top of the MVP list for parts of the last two seasons. Like, mm -hmm. that's incredible. I want that guy working with Sam Howell versus someone who has worked with one of these elite quarterbacks and then is going to have to plug some holes because while Sam has a lot of upside talent, he's clearly not Brady, Mahomes, et cetera, et cetera. Well, I think to your point too, like think about Detroit and like Amon, uh, Amon Ra. No, that's not Yeah, him. Amon Ra St. Brown. Yeah, Amon, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I get him in his uh, equanimous as his brother. Anyway, yeah. yeah so uh, Amon Ra, like not the most physically gifted receiver of all time, but how do we maximize his skill set? You know, how do we maximize Reynolds, the receiver? They, like they've just found ways to fit those guys in their spots and maximize the offense and maximize the individuals. You know, they've got one of the best O-lines in football. They lean on people, they run well, but they also do a great job of schematically elevating those guys. So I think it's, 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 it's problem solving. It's this hunger, like you, like you alluded to, to kind of say, this is what he does well. Like, how do we get this better from him? And I just, I go back to that, um, that piece that we listened to the game changers. I forget who did it. Um, uh, the play callers, uh, with play Jordan callers. Rodriguez. Yeah. yeah. And how they, he, when he was with, uh, Jared golf in Detroit, he basically said like, we want to run all these play action concepts, but golf doesn't see it very well. So how do we get to these concepts from a drop back? Was still while still helping the offensive line out. I thought that's brilliant. And you've seen shades of that from EB here. So it's not like EB doesn't do innovative, exciting football things. It's just it's just that that problem solving muscle and speaking to skill sets and maximizing the players you have is something that you have to practice. And I think with these when these guys work with elite, elite quarterbacks, it, the the problem solving element is just different. And it's not a feature of the offense. Like, you know, I think Bill O'Brien's a brilliant guy. But when I was with him in Houston, like, it's like, we're running the offense. We're running my offense. And Deshaun Watson was good enough at that time. Like, he was really good at that time. Yeah, just that was like, the peak of his powers. Like, I'll break a tackle. I'll skate out of this. And I'll throw a bomb to Kenny Stills for a touchdown. You're like, okay. Like, that wasn't how it looked on paper. But, like, he elevated that and made it happen. So, I think it's – it's there. there is something to, to what I think what we're talking about. We probably need to do, like, a – or a longitudinal look at it, but it feels like you got, you know, when you got bad players, you got to kind of be the, uh, the MacGyver of, of football a little bit. Yeah. And it's not even bad players. If you just have, you know, or, above average players that aren't the elite, correct. Um, yes. which is most of the NFL. Um, so that's good. By the way, also in Detroit, just speaking about like the receivers and how they've elevated them. Shout out to your old teammate, Antoine Randall L, uh, their receivers coach yes. is doing a great job, yes. uh, up there.